Um, I want to remind you, if you are a, a Chiefs fan, to go ahead and put your phone down underneath your chair. No checking how the games are going. Um, I'll just give you an update so you don't have to worry about it. Uh, uh, currently, the Chiefs are in uh, Germany, right? And so it is the beginning of the third quarter. Chiefs are 21, and Miami is zero. So uh, we're doing well. Uh, hold on. Don't check your phones until after the message. Hey, uh, we're going to start a Thanksgiving series. I'm going to do a three-part Thanksgiving series, and we're going to start um, today in that. And uh, Thanksgiving actually has a history with the football, um, the, the Super Bowl, the football games on Thanksgiving. The very first Thanksgiving football game was played between Princeton and Yale in 1876. American football was in its infancy then, but the sports and Thanksgiving um, tradition quickly caught on. By 1893, uh, there were 40,000 spectators that showed up to watch the Princeton-Yale Thanksgiving game on, uh, in New York's Manhattan Field. So a bit of Thanksgiving trivia there for you. Um, also, uh, la this past month, uh, well, last month, October, was uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, and man, I, I really feel appreciated by you guys. Thank you so much for um, all the love that you give me and my family, and uh, I will do my best faithfully to um, lead your church to serve you. Um, thank you for appreciating me. All right, let's uh, begin with prayer. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for your word. Thank you that we could be here to worship you, to praise you, to learn about you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would guide us now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, as I said, we're going to start with a three-part Thanksgiving um, series today. And uh, Thanksgiving is a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a theme, Thanksgiving is, that runs throughout the Bible. The Old Testament law encourages it. The Psalms model it, Jesus exemplifies it, and the Apostle Paul can't write a single letter without sharing a bunch of it. Thanksgiving. And this shouldn't surprise us when we consider that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. James chapter 1, verse 17 tells this, that every good and perfect gift is from Him. And as generous as God is to us, the appropriate response to him is gratitude, is thankfulness. Thanksgiving isn't merely a suggestion or a recommendation in our Bible. It's a command. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says to be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Jesus. Hey, look at that. It doesn't say try to be thankful. Uh, it doesn't say put it on your to-do list so that you can check it off later, a one-time only thing. It says be thankful in all circumstances. The idea is to continually be thankful. Hey, Christians often struggle with discerning God's will. You know what I mean? We wonder, uh, should I take this job? Is it your will, God? 
Should I marry this person? Or uh, what college should I go to? Does uh, God want me to work for him in this way? We wonder, what is God's will for our life? But one thing we can be sure about is that giving thanks is God's will. This verse makes that very clear to us. Whatever decisions we make or paths we take, we must do them with gratitude. And so to kick off this series, I'm going to give you four ways from the Bible to show thankfulness to God. Four ways to show thankfulness to Him. Number one is to tell God. Just a straight up, simply, easily, tell God you're thankful. Talk to Him about it. Pray to Him about it. Psalms chapter 86, verse 12 says, I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. Just tell God. Put it quite simply, like this verse tells us. Maybe you are thankful for someone in your life. Are you thankful for someone? Well, here's what you do. Uh, First of all, we put God first. So we thank God for that person. And then you can tell that person, hey, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that God put you in my life. I'm thankful for what you do and who you are to me. Tell them. Tell God you're thankful for him. And then tell those that you are thankful for that you're thankful for them. Uh, Number two is to sing your thanksgiving. To sing it. Hey, uh, we do this uh, every Sunday morning. Scripture tells us to do this. Psalms chapter 95 verse 2 says, Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. Uh, Every Sunday morning we're singing glory to God. We're telling God thank you by lifting our voices up. So maybe you guys are all not uh, musicians or you don't like to sing, but you don't have to, to enjoy it. You don't have to be good at it. The scripture says we can lift up our voices and offer thanks to him. Maybe that's in the shower. Maybe that's in the, the car ride uh, on your way to church or on your way to work. Uh, you can lift up your voice and sing thanksgiving to him. You sing a lot of songs, probably in your mind. Maybe there's songs you heard on the radio or songs that you remember from your childhood, use some of that uh, song to offer thanks to God. Here's number three. Give a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Third way that you can be thankful to God is to give him a sacrifice. Psalms chapter 107 verse 22 says, Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Here we have the singing part again. But the sacrifice part. Offer a sacrifice. Hey, what can you sacrifice to the Lord? What can you sacrifice that will show him how thankful you are? Whatever the sacrifice is, it shouldn't be motivated by worldly Sacrifice some time, maybe some food. What what can you give to the Lord? This past uh, small groups series of the Daniel dilemma, 
um, helped me understand one thing and pushed to do it, and that's, that's uh, giving God the first parts of the things in our lives. And Scripture tells us to do that. One of the things that the small group um, mentioned is to put God uh, first in the morning. And I've been trying to do that. So that when I open my, my eyes up in the morning, every day, the first thought that enters my mind, I'm trying to focus on God. So God gets the first thought as my brain fires up in the morning. The first thing I think about, I want to be God. That will set my day, day straight. It doesn't always work, but, but often I can. So uh, when I come to in the morning, I'm, uh, I'm thanking God. Hey, I survived the night, which that's probably pretty predictable, but someday it, it won't be. And uh, thank you, God, for letting me survive the night and for offering this day to me to uh, start fresh, to do your work. And sometimes I'll, I'll open up my Bible or open up the Bible app and, and uh, read a verse. Give that very first thought to God. Give a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. Here's the fourth way. <clears throat> Show thanksgiving in conversation. Jesus says, For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. It makes sense then that Thanksgiving would be a part of the conversations of grateful people. This is often the opposite of what we see in our in-person and online conversations. Each one of us should check out our conversations. Do we show thankfulness? Or do we whine and complain about opportunities that God has given us? Whatever's in our heart. How do we deal with our kids when they don't? Think about that. You know, in, in my house, if uh, if we give a chore to a kid, mostly when they're younger, but when we give a chore to them and they complain about them, guess what? They get two chores. We have another chore on there that's for complaining. Um, when we give them a gift, probably how most people we give them a gift and they complain about it, they don't like it, take the gift back. So, uh, so often complaining does not get the result we want. It rarely gets the results we want. Ephesians chapter 4 or chapter 5, verse 4 says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. Let our conversations with others be full of thanksgiving, being thankful for what God has blessed us with. So let's review <clears throat> these four ways that we can express thanks to God. We can tell God, just straight up pray to Him, tell God, hey, I am thankful for you. You can sing to God, and others may be excited about that. Sing praise to Him, thank you, God. And you can give a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and you determine what that might be, that sacrifice, and you can show uh, thanksgiving in your conversations that you have every day with other people, whether they're believers or not. So living in a uh, conversation with a gracious God creates many opportunities to express thanks to Him. We see God's, <coughs> God's people in scriptures continually thanking God for many things. We should make it a habit.
habit to do the same. Hey, our American forefathers did. Here's a little bit of history while we're on the topic of Thanksgiving. A little bit of history for you. American tradition points to that first Thanksgiving holiday celebration in the year of 1621 in Plymouth, Massachusetts. A letter from Plymouth colonist Edward Winslow, dated December 11, 1621, explains that pilgrims wanted to celebrate their first good crop of corn and barley grown with the generous assistance from their native neighbors. And throughout the Revolutionary War period, the, the establishment of the United States uh, during that period, there were multiple times when political leaders declared days for giving thanks and intentionally wanted to set aside a day to be thankful. In the mid-1800s, the tensions escalated between the North and South. Sarah Hale, uh, sometimes considered the mother of Thanksgiving, who's also the, um, the author of the well-known poem, Mary Had a Little Lamb, she began to advocate for the establishment of the national holiday called By 1854, more than 30 states had official Thanksgiving holidays. And on October 3rd, 1863, proclaimed the last Thursday of November to be a national Lincoln's proclamation written by the Secretary of State, William Seward, made it clear that Thanksgiving was a day expressing gratitude and humility to God. So let me read you just the first sentence of uh, Lincoln's proclamation. It says, I therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise for our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. He goes on to ask God to heal the wounds of the nation and uh, to help them turn from their evil ways. Now, let's rewind back to the pilgrims. And let's keep this verse in mind to help us put thankfulness into perspective. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Today, we'll focus on being thankful for the faith of our Christian brothers and sisters. It will last forever. Faith. Can you imagine what kind of faith it took to get on a ship and head to a new land? Can you imagine sailing for another continent? It had to take faith. I mean, they couldn't see America. It was across the ocean. It wasn't like, we're going over yonder because it's going to be a better place. If it was that close to to see it, then it would already be inhabited. It was a long ways away. None of them had probably ever even been to another continent, except for maybe the captain of the ship. And here the ship is, they were setting off. Now, the Mayflower 
It was like uh, 30 kids on board of the Mayflower. And um, they were on the sea for around 66 days. Can you imagine uh, 30 kids, 66 days? Uh, are we there yet? It would get tiring. It would get old. And yet they were thankful. They were thankful. They had to be thankful on this ship uh, even before they got there. Even while they were on the ocean, they had to have been thankful that, man, we have a boat. We have a ship that we can take to a new spot so that we can have hope. Uh, the possibility of a better place, they were thankful for that. Man, it wasn't so good back where we came from. But we're thankful that there is another opportunity for us to go and check out. It had to have been a little bit hard to be thankful for these, uh, we could say, less than comfortable conditions on the ship. But the Bible tells us to thank God even before we receive. That's what faith is. Believing without seeing. Thanking God for things that we have yet to see. Being thankful. We do this when we pray for a meal, by the way. We uh, thank God before we begin eating. Especially before Thanksgiving meal. You know, uh, it's interesting. The, we don't know what the food is going to actually taste like. You don't know if Uncle Ricky's smoked turkey is going to be good or if it's going to be really dry and you're going to need lots of cranberry sauce to uh, wash it down with. Now, you don't know if Grandma remembered to use uh, baking soda instead of baking powder. Like, you substitute the wrong one and it's not good. You don't know if she uh, did that, so you don't. But you're praying thanks to God for that food dish on the table. Man, one time, my wife is a lovely cook, and I'm blessed with my mother. She is a lovely cook as well. You know where this is going, but this was only one time, as far as I can remember right now. Uh, but so one Thanksgiving, she made some of that um, that salad that's got our ramen noodles, and it's kind of a slaw coleslaw salad, and it's, it's really delicious, um, except when you use a cup of salt instead of a cup of sugar. It needs sugar. Uh, I don't know how it happened. It was, I'm sure it was an accident. One of the kids got the salt instead of sugar. But anyway, um, we prayed over that meal, the whole Thanksgiving meal, and that stuff in that bowl was part of the food that we thank God for. And then we ate it, and, you know. But we prayed thanks in advance. So you still pray thanks to God for things, even if you don't know what it's going to be like. It's something that God has entrusted you with. What are you going to make of it? What are you going to make of it? And the pilgrims, they didn't know if it was going to be any better on the other side of the ocean. But it held potential freedom. They'd moved from England to Holland to get away from religious persecution. And the persecution had uh, pretty much stopped for the most part in Holland, but it was a very rough place to raise the young. The pilgrims wrote in their journals about evil examples and manifold temptations in that land. 
And they had faith that God would take them to a new place. A place that they could safely raise their kids to honor Him. Now I'm sure there were some that complained after being on the water for almost two months. Well, not just the kids, even the adults. Hey, remember when Moses led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt? There were those who complained. They were being taken care of by God, but they said, uh, Moses, and they complained to him, they said, God, um, hey, when we were back in Egypt in slavery, at least we had meat to eat. Now, we had some good food. Sure, we were forced to do labor, but we had good food. And now here, all we have is, is manna. They complained about it, forgetting their freedom. That's part of our human nature, that we're just, uh, just tempted so much to complain about things. But Moses, their leader, had faith. And at least some of the pilgrims on this ship had the leaders definitely uh, must have because they said, let's keep going. They didn't turn that boat back around and head back to Holland. They kept going in the direction of America. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, If faith shows the reality of what we hope for, it is the evidence of things we cannot see. And this is important. I'm going to read that again. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. If you are not thankful for the life you have, maybe you need a reality check. Sure, you could be better off. You could be happier. Your life could be easier. But the reality is, our hope is for heaven, not this world. Life is a big old stormy ocean. It's hard to see heaven on the other side of it. But our faith in God assures us it's there. That's the reality of it. Are you thankful that when you put your faith in Jesus, the destination is heaven? Pilgrims, they suffered for a while. It took about eight weeks to get across the ocean. Eight weeks to get to a better place. And now America doesn't even compare to heaven. The pilgrims still had some hard times when they arrived. We know well about that. But there will be no hard times in heaven. Guaranteed. And for that, we can be thankful. And being thankful will help us enjoy the journey. It takes faith to be thankful to God. It takes faith to do His will. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It's impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Rewards. Rewards. And yes, uh, what are these rewards? Uh, heaven. 
heaven is part of that reward, but there's more than that. We have many blessings here on earth as well. Oh man, the blessings. I don't even, I can't even touch the blessings that we have here. Just, just look around you. You have friends that love you here. You have friends that, uh, well, they know that you're not perfect, but they love you anyway and they want to be your friend, brother, your sister in Christ. They model Jesus' love. Friends that, friends that would die for you if needed. We have a congregation that has been going on for 130 years here at Colony Christian Church. And let, let me give you some statistics just for us to understand our blessings, our rewards. Some statistics here. Um, an average Sunday morning attendance is about 105 people. Now, I think my numbers are a little bit dated. I usually like to um, exaggerate, but I think I'm under-exaggerating this morning. Average attendance of 105. And um, If everyone came on one Sunday, we would exceed 135 people easy. Probably more like 145. And at least one-third of our congregation is children under the age of 10. That's at least 35 kids under 10 years old that are hearing the Word of God that we get to influence. There are 52 people on our Sunday morning volunteer rotation, not counting the full music worship team. 52 separate people on our volunteer list. That's about half of our normal attendants that serve the Lord by volunteering their time on a rotation Sunday mornings. 24 of these folks are adult teachers in our children's ministry because we have plenty of children, obviously. Ten of these spots on the nursery rotation um, that take care of the, the young ones because we have really young ones. And four of these uh, spots uh, consist of two adults that work together, five adult teachers on the preschool rotation, five adult teachers on the children's church rotation because we have three age groups of classes on Sunday mornings. We have 12 helpers for these three classes, most of which are teenagers. Our teenagers are getting to be part of teaching the kids and, and guiding them. 52 people on our Sunday morning volunteer rotation list. That's something that I am thankful for. Now, I know that working with the kids can sometimes be difficult, but what a blessing, and we are thankful. The harvest is great, and church, we are working hard and seeing the fruit. The Lord is working through you. Now, I want to remind you, that we have a new battleship soon. One in which all of us will be under the same roof on Sunday mornings. Each children's ministry team will have its own classroom. There will be large multi-stall bathrooms and, and a cry room with a, a window that you can um, take your little one into and still be part of the message, which, by the way, crying babies do not bother me one bit um, during the sermon. There will be room to sit, Lord willing, move to our new battleship. We have a lot to be thankful for. It's the season where we're focusing on giving thanks to God. And let's look at all the ways that we can be thankful to Him. Now I want to go a little more into detail about God's rewarding those who seek Him, as this verse tells us. 
verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 11 says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. You know, that kind of sounds like a pilgrim. By faith, when God told Abraham, God called him to leave home, go somewhere else that he couldn't see, he went without knowing where he was going. The pilgrims, men they couldn't see America, they set off, set sail. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, tells us a little bit more background on Abraham. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go into the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you'll be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Do you know, guys, that most of Abraham's reward, most of his blessing took place after he left this earth? Now, don't be discouraged by that. Look around you see all the blessings that God has given you and thank him. And now, knowing all the blessings that you currently have, you're thankful for, imagine the blessings that will continue to pour into your life as your life goes on. And you know that since you have put your faith in Jesus, your life goes on and on and on. After this earth, it doesn't grow old. Blessings keep pouring in, just like this verse outlines that Abraham is still experiencing blessing, I'm guessing, by the families of faith that started from some actions that he did by putting in his faith in God. Abraham was thankful to God and had faith in God. He probably had no idea the extent of God's blessing. Families continue on earth to be blessed from the blessing that Abraham received. We must have faith that God's word holds true. Are you thankful for the blessings that you haven't received yet? Do you look across the ocean of life and thank God that heaven is intact there? Are you ready now? To give thanks for the opportunity to cross that ocean, knowing that there's a promise of freedom on the other side. If you are, step one is tell God, God, I am thankful. Thank you, Lord, for my Savior Jesus. Step two is to praise Him, sing glory to God. Thank you, God, that once I was lost, but now I'm found. Step three is, Lord, I give you my life. I trust you. I'm so grateful to you that my life is a living, living sacrifice to you. Step four, I'm committed to you.
using my words, my conversation, to show thankfulness to everyone that I get a chance to talk to. Thank you, God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, it is because of our Savior Jesus that we get to live a life of freedom. And Lord, we are so excited to live a life filled with faith and thanksgiving that we are here now to praise you for it. We will lift our voices up, Lord. Lord, I pray for this congregation, God, that we would focus on you day in and day out, that our sights will be such that we can see the promised, promised land we can get to told us about it, God. We have faith about that. Lord, help us to be thankful for things that are coming our way that we haven't received yet. Lord, we put our trust 